0: Hey guys welcome to inspect a podcast about web development and tech on the show as usual you've got myself Kay and our co-host ajay how you doing mate
1: i'm all right how are
0: you yeah good man all good um yeah so i'm taking the lead on this show you just put me in that awkward position so yeah let's just uh, crack on with it and let's see how it goes but um so yeah this episode we're going to be talking about uh cloud storage and um you know we'll have an overview about what it is how it works uh, the different cloud storage solutions we're using, um, whether it's for personal use or for you know, work and business and stuff. So, you know, the, the big ones out there, we've got like Amazon, uh, Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive, iCloud, etc. Um, so we'll go over those a bit later. Um, so, you know, let's just get into it and um, just kind of like uh, have a little quick overview about you know what it is. So, essentially, your cloud storage um, allows you to store your data on hardware. In remote physical locations right so that's the part that we don't see um and what it allows us to do is just access our data and information from anywhere and from any device as long as you've got an internet connection um so that's essentially the idea
1: so it's not literally in the clouds in the sky
0: no it's not and this is the bit i was going to come to next so when this term started being used you know by everyone and in the tech industry i was thinking like Maybe there is something up there, and you know, there's some kind of data flying around and it's being stored in some kind of, I don't know, yeah, towers high in the sky and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, we should you know? just clarify it because this might not be obvious to everyone, who, you know, what mm. actually is happening with cloud storage. Exactly. You know, there was that, uh, there's that meme going around as well where it says, uh, the cloud is just another person's computer or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's basically what it is, isn't it? It's just the, a yeah. server, uh, in another location. Generally, that server is going to be a, a lot better managed than your own pc at home It's going to have a lot of redundancy in there it's going to have its own backups and uh exactly. it's its sole purpose is to store files it doesn't need you yeah. know uh, a flashy operating system and you know all these nice monitors and peripherals attached to it it's just generally going to be a computer in a box uh, exactly. or, or several hundred computers all chained together yeah it, and we'll come to that in a second but
0: this is the thing it just it just boils down to the fact that there is a physical machine or you know a, a chain of machines that are actually storing your your information and um you know and the term they've you know given this thing is, is cloud computing or cloud storage um so there's there's two ways to upload your information to the cloud and you can you know s- store it directly to the data server or you can do it via software on your device now we've all got these Mobile phones, tablets, laptops, computers, etc., cetera, et cetera. and then we've also got various different types of apps that we use on our phones or on our, you know, computers. And what they do is they interface with the, the cloud storage um, locations. And as soon as we drag and drop something onto that um, storage on, on the app, it's you know sent directly to um, that that server, if you like, or you know that location, and you know, then that information is just readily available whenever you want it. You can just pick it up. doesn't matter where you go, where where you're connected to the internet, anywhere around the world, you can just have direct access to it. So those are the two main sort of ways of getting access to your server. And, you know, the, the software or, you know, solutions that are out there that we kind of like, you know, that we can use to do that are things like, you know, Amazon Drive, Dropbox. So they're probably the big ones that everyone knows about. So I don't know the ones that you're using, but I think the main ones that I'm using is Dropbox. Um, Google Drive and um, probably OneDrive
1: as well. Yeah, well, they all offer a slight different um, service, and they all mm-hmm. have uh, a different amount of storage that you get included in uh, in your in your free account as well. Because mm. um, obviously, with all these cloud storage um, options, you do need to pay for the amount of space that you're using, and uh, yeah. most companies do give you something for free. So, I I tend to spread my files across a few. Um, My everyday uh, access uh, mainly happens in Dropbox. Um, I actually went away from Dropbox recently Mm. uh, when they introduced their new desktop app for the Mac. I don't know if they introduced it for Windows as well at the same time, but anyway, the the Mac version, it kind of took over your operating system a little bit, and um, I didn't like it. So I I moved my files away from there with the intention of leaving Dropbox. But then I... I was using it again at work, and I discovered that you can basically turn the, the new version of the app off and uh, revert it back to how it used to work, where it was literally just a folder on your computer which syncs. So, I've yeah, I've, I've put some files back into Dropbox now. Um, I just like the way that it syncs. Uh, it seems to be one of the quickest. Um, it seems to have the least errors. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's the one I use for my day-to-day stuff, and then more long-term storage, I use Box because I've got quite a large account with them. I've got a fifty-gigabyte account. Um, I think I'm, I'm on some sort of legacy account with them, uh, right. or oh, what? Well, there must have been a deal at at the time when I signed up, and they were giving fifty gigabytes. So
0: yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's good because um, they only give about 10, 10 now. So yeah, you um, get
0: ten free. And, uh, but, that, yeah, you must be on a very old plan then, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've had it for quite a few years, um, and I use that mainly as an archive, so old right. client work. Um, I've got a big storage of um, fonts on there that I've amassed over the years, um, right. and uh, some photos and stuff like that, some larger videos, a store on Box, but I don't have that synced with my my any of my computers. But Dropbox isn't sync. So
0: talking about sync, that's, that's one of the benefits of, of uh, cloud storage. So let quickly run through the benefits um, that we've got for for cloud storage so you know number one you've got you know you can access it from anywhere via an internet connection it doesn't matter where you are in the world um as long as you're in a place with decent internet connection you can easily just access your data uh, upload information download information uh, very very easily um wherever, from wherever you are uh the next one fast and easy access to your data you know the interfaces are very good on these uh, on the apps that we use you know like you mentioned dropbox Box I've seen as well, very very easy drag and drop interface, so it's fast and easy, and literally anyone can use it, you know, without any kind of hassle. Um, disaster recovery, and that's one of the big ones. Um, if your physical hard drive or computer fails, um, you know, data is always recoverable by the cloud. Um, yeah, yeah. You've got automation in there as well, so you know that's a lifesaver in itself.
1: I've been burned by that as well. Um, I, yeah. I've got a load of photos of my of my daughter from sort of age, birth to about two. Um, which were all on my uh, NAS drive. And uh, I had two two drives in my NAS, in my Synology NAS. Um, and one of the drives died. And because of the way I had the RAID set up, I couldn't access yeah. the second drive either. So I had to basically wow. replace both, right? And then I managed to recover some of those files off that, uh, what's it called? The big three and a half inch uh, hard drive. I managed to recover some of those files. And then I moved them all onto a, uh, a portable Western Digital drive so I would say um, I recovered about eighty five, ninety percent of the photos, which is good, right. Put them on this Western digital drive, put it away in a drawer for about two years, came back to it one day and that's it. It's completely unreadable. So in the end, I lost them all. I've still got that drive, hopefully that one day that you know i'll I'll find some sort of data recovery service who can who can find them. So I don't know if you know of any good data recovery services, but since then, um, I basically don't store anything on physical drives now. Everything goes into the cloud, either you know, in Google Photos or iCloud or Dropbox or something, or well, multiple areas, actually. I've got things in multiple locations.
0: Well, that's it. It just makes sense. Um, another story I don't even know about this that I came across in researching this topic was um, the, uh, the, the movie Toy Story 2. I don't know if you know about this, but basically what happened was someone, one of the engineers had put in a delete command on their, on their system, right? And accidentally deleted every single um, scene, shot, the movie up to the point it was. Everything had been wiped off. Yeah. And no one had any kind of backup. There was no backup kept anywhere um, off-site. So everyone was kind of lost. Like, you know, crap. We've literally lost Toy Story 2 like in its process. But it turns out the director of the movie, she had kept um, a backup of every single file at home. Okay. and she was working on it from home and then i think after that they kind of implemented some kind of you know full-on you know backup solution um but i don't know if cloud was fully fledged back then it might have been i don't know but um probably
1: an enterprise yeah
0: yeah you can imagine in that scenario you're you're making this big film you know how big toy story is yeah and then some idiot goes and types in a delete command. i'm like you know how and why would that would that scenario happen it's just like it's crazy Um, but it happened and uh you know it's a true story and i I just came about this came about was it yesterday i was having a read about it yeah that's your disaster recovery
1: like the guy from jurassic park who decided to nuke his computer when he stole the embryos
0: yeah 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 exactly yeah so you know disaster recovery is huge um and then we can move on to uh security so you know your server data is distributed across redundant servers and uh, you know uh, data is stored and safeguarded against any type of hardware failure so you've got redundant machines already to kick in if one machine fails another machine will kick in and you know help your backup and restore information and snapshots etc so that's the whole that's generally the basis of cloud computing your redundant servers mm-hmm. all working together and backing each other up um, automation so the way i've got mine running and i think you've probably got this running the same way is i've got a dropbox folder on my desktop um, And I usually work directly from that folder. So if I've got any kind of like files, you know, local websites I'm working on or anything like that, and save any file, it's saved to my Dropbox folder and it syncs um, automatically. So that's the way I generally work with it.
1: Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, for work we use, um, within the company, we use Box uh, for all of our storage. So I, I keep all of my work related work in my Box sync folder any personal files I've got yeah, they're going to Dropbox and then any development work um, is actually outside of all that. I know there's some people who use Dropbox um, as their like their version control. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Yeah, I haven't gone down that route. I keep my dev work completely separate and then I just let I let git handle that um, handle the backups there.
0: Yeah it gets another thing right that's another cloud solution there so you know you've got version control and that's all stored in the cloud as well yeah basically so yeah it, it's everywhere um so moving on to that collaboration is another benefit of cloud storage so you know you can have multiple access um to the same data at any time so multiple people can you know just jump on into a folder that you've given them access to if it's uh if you've got privacy set on there and um you know they can upload information to that folder they can you know view it to work on documents, files, anything like that in that folder.
1: Yeah, um, exactly how we've got yes. it set up with our Dropbox folder for inspect. Yeah. You know, the way that yeah. we work, um, we both record our audio um, on our own computers and then when we're finished, we both chuck them into Dropbox and then those end up getting synchronized onto my laptop eventually and then um, I pick up those files and then do the final edit and then put the final MP3 in, back into Dropbox so that Kay can yeah. preview it on his side. So it's it's a good workflow, and you know that whole sync process, especially with the MP the MP3 at the end, which is only maybe it's normally under hundred megabytes, takes about a minute to sync. So that's brilliant on mm. on our connections that we've got. So it's all very quick, you know. Trying to do that without a, a cloud syncing folder would just uh, be a nightmare, really.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then moving on, we've got scalability. So you only pay for the service you use. Um, And that's just, you know, that's just cool in itself. You just, you know, if you start off with like five gig, you're probably not going to need a terabyte. Five gig's about, I think that's about right for, I think anyone getting involved in cloud storage. I think it's probably more than enough.
1: It's a a good starting point. For your average user.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, For some services, it's
1: a bit small. Like iCloud gives you five gigabyte. um, And, uh, you know, ideally they should give you enough to back up your phone. Um, Oh, yeah. So all the phones are, you know, minimum 64 gigabyte now. Um, five, five gigabytes of cloud storage is not going to get you very far when you're trying to back your phone up. Um, so I think iCloud is one of the only services that I actually pay for additional storage. Um, everyone else seems to give you enough to get what you need done. So I pay for 50 gigabyte, I think, um, on iCloud.
0: That's the thing. My iCloud—I've not paid for anything. Else, so I've just got the five gig that's on there. And the thing is, my um, my MacBook, my desktop sort of sync with it. My downloads folder sync with it as well. And every every other day, I get a notice saying your iCloud is your iCloud's full. You know, um, yeah, pay to increase it and stuff. So, but I don't really, you know, I don't really use it that that much. Like directly use it, and it's it's just kind of there. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is probably just just switch it off and just use. Um, one of the other solutions that, that are out there because it is very, very limited I'd rather not pay for it. It's
1: just, you know. Well, um, you, you haven't got an iPhone, so it's probably not worth you paying for it. I mean, if for Apple people in the Apple ecosystem who want to use iCloud to back up their photos and all their settings and, and so forth, five gig, five gigabytes is just not enough. Um, for some people, it will be, but I think for anyone who takes a lot of photos or anyone who's in our sort of field of work, um, you know, designers who want to back up their design files and their assets and stuff like that five gigabytes going to run out pretty quick yeah. For...
0: yeah definitely i think um i think we t- we touched on the synchronization um side of things that that's a huge benefit um and then the convenience side of things as well it how ha- you know it's just so convenient having it you know if you're taking if you're out and about taking pictures uh, if your phones especially like with android devices they're all part of the google ecosystem so if you take any kind of pictures they instantly sort of synced to your you know photos folder or, you know, that's just a life saving sort of situation as well, because there's a lot of times back in the day where I didn't have any kind of setup like that. It was a case of taking pictures and then your uh, memory gets all used up on your phone. And then it was a case of going through them as right, which, which photos do I want to keep and which ones can I delete to free up space? Yeah. Uh, but now you're in a situation where you don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, So,
1: no, exactly. I mean, especially with Google Photos, uh, with their unlimited storage um, of photos and the, the quality that they store them in is pretty high anyway um unless yeah, you're yeah. unless you're doing some very high high um, quality prints or large scale printing mm. i think the size yeah. that google stores them in is more than enough for anybody um,
0: yeah definitely I, I can't believe there's people out there like i know a few um, photographers who no, i had a chat with a guy i think it was a couple of days ago and he was saying it's not using any kind of cloud solution for backup or anything and everything's just stored on a, on, a, on a local hard drive. And I was like, well, that's an accident waiting to happen.
1: Yeah, nice. well, yeah. I, I, th- I think, you know, for a photographer who's using, say, raw files and, you know, editing files in, in Lightroom and, and so on, or taking files off the computer, it's probably better to have those on a physical hard drive just for speed's mm. sake, um, sure. but there's got to be some sort of backup solution in there somewhere, whether that's to the cloud or to some sort of off- off-site storage um, yeah, but yeah, I understand why they're keeping it on hard drive. It's it's just yeah. for the speed of access of these files. Because sure. um, if you're making lots of small changes in Lightroom constantly, mm. and those things, those changes are constantly being trying to sync to the cloud. Yeah. Then uh, that's where errors can occur. So um, yeah, that's the one thing with this syncing is that if it's constantly happening automatically, it can sometimes get out of sync uh, if you're making yeah. lots of changes. Uh, in a short period. So you do sometimes need to just let let your sync folder just settle and catch up with things. Yeah.
0: i found, you know, I've had issues with Dropbox um, on my MacBook, and especially, you know, when I'm working on um, design work in Sketch or Photoshop, um, I think it's mainly with, um, more so with Photoshop, with large design files, PSD files. What I find is um, the sync is so slow. It, it literally grinds my MacBook to a halt. And the fan is just like as loud as anything, and it's like it's like an aeroplane about to take off, and it's all down to the CPU usage of, of the Dropbox Sync, and it's it's just ridiculous. So I've tried to throttle it as well using the settings, but it doesn't seem to work that well. So that's the only thing with uh, the Dropbox Sync.
1: Yeah, in scenarios like that, sometimes what I do is just pause the syncing for a little mm. while if I know that I'm going to be doing lots of little changes to a file or something, or I'm, or I'm moving files around within my Dropbox folder, I'll pause right. the syncing get everything done the way the way I want it and then turn sync back on and then just leave the you know walk away for 10 15 minutes and just let it catch up
0: yeah that makes sense I'm have to
1: give that a go as well yeah um so okay now
0: moving on let's talk about you know I've got a list here of I call it the big five <laughs> the well-known um, brands um actually, actually the six, six The six um, in your list <laughs> yeah because box box wasn't on there and um, when I was doing some research you know I looked at tech radar and they kind of like put box in there as well as number one not in any kind of order but it was just there as number 1 so yeah i, oh,
1: I, I, th- I think box. box is uh more appealing to to enterprise yeah yeah I, I don't know of anyone really who uses box uh for their personal cloud storage um okay you know even i've i've got an account but I, like i said i use it just for long term sort of storage long term archive um but yeah go ahead um let us know what these big six are
0: yeah so the big i mean Listeners that might not agree with this six I mean there might be others out there that I don't know of uh, but these are the ones that kind of
1: no particular order
0: yeah, no particular order um you know so you've got Amazon cloud drive up there, and you know everyone knows who amazon is and um, so their their solution gives you five gigabyte and that gives you unlimited photos with prime so that's a you know a bit of a a bonus there so if you watch any kind of like you know TV shows or anything like that then that's uh that's part of your package um next we got dropbox everyone knows dropbox i'm using dropbox i've got like a business account with them so i pay about 80 to 90 pounds for the year and i think i've got up to about one terabyte i can't remember exactly how much i've got
1: yeah i mean um, that's still pretty reasonable
0: yeah, yeah um their free option gives you two gigabyte and then up to 18 gig with referrals so just what that means is you just uh, get your friends to sign up with a referral link, and uh, they'll, you know, increase your storage. Available.
1: Yeah, I didn't know they still do that because um, that's the way I've increased my Dropbox account. I, I've got about nine, nine gigabytes or nine and a half gigabytes, and that was yeah purely through referrals. So before, what you used to be able to do was um, when you create an account, they used to make you perform some basic tasks like uh, yeah, uh, share it on Twitter, um, invite invite another friend. Um, there was something like uh, add add a public folder or, or th- little things that, you know, a little check, checklist of things to get you onboarded onto the service. And they used to give you like 250 megs free for doing those those checklists. And uh, yeah, I went through all of them. and <laughs> I managed to score about nine gigabytes of storage. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think they've stopped doing that yeah. sort of stuff now.
0: I don't know if they're still doing it, but I think they're doing it here and there. So, you know, I know that you get personalized um, emails from them depending on your usage and stuff, and then they'll, you know, help you to increase it if you do this, that, and the other. Oh, fair and, enough. Yeah, so that's Dropbox. And the next one, we've got OneDrive. You um, know, I've got a love-hate relationship with OneDrive. Um, it's the Microsoft solution. You get five gigabyte free, and then students get one terabyte. Um, that's quite a lot, um, especially for a student. Students are going to need that kind of uh, storage space. That's really um, good. But the thing, I've, yeah, the, the thing I find with OneDrive is... Um, when I first got onto it, so I've got the Microsoft Office three six five suite, and that's all you know synced up with OneDrive. That's one the OneDrive it's a storage solution for that. So any documents you're working on in your Office suite, it, you know, they're automatically saved to your OneDrive account, if you like. So you've got you've got public folders, personal folders, and things like that set up in there. But what I found was it's, I think I guess this was a couple of years ago. It was very very clunky. So it wouldn't sync straight away. Um, some people could see files, some people couldn't. And you know, when I was working in a team at this time, it was a case of, um, you know, where's so and so's proposal? Have you uploaded it to the to the shared folder? I'm like, yeah, it's there. Have a look. I can see it, but they couldn't see it. So half an hour later, it still wasn't there. So you know, it was a case of resaving it, and then it would appear. And yeah, it was just it was just horrible. But you know, I think they've ironed it out now. And I generally just use it for any kind of like Excel. Spreadsheets or Microsoft Word documents—you know anything that I'm working on in that environment—I just let it save automatically to your OneDrive account. Okay. Um, and then that the OneDrive folder is available in um, my Microsoft Outlook window as well, so it's just there. Hmm. It's very easy to get to. So yeah, I think if you
1: cool. if you're deep in the Microsoft ecosystem, then it's probably worth having yeah. a OneDrive uh, account. Yeah, as well.
0: definitely. Yeah.
1: Personally, I mean, I've never um, really yeah. got on with it. Um. Yeah. I don't know what it is maybe it's just coming from Dropbox uh, being used to the way Dropbox handles things even on the web because um, that's the whole thing with these cloud storage you know most of them do have a web interface as well where you can view all your files and uh, interact with them And I don't know I just never really got on with the onedrive or even even some of Microsoft's other um, apps like OneNote and um, it, it just they all kind of feel a bit the same. So it was uh, once. Once I wasn't really happy with one of them. I found out I wasn't happy with any of them really. Yeah, the vibe I
0: get off them is they all kind of feel the same. They're all very weak. They're lacking something. Just by like the the interface and when you're working with it and using it, it just feels like something's missing.
1: They feel like Microsoft.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it feels like Microsoft. That's what it is. Definitely, that's that's the vibe I get off it as well. When...
1: Yeah, but it's worth having an account with them because, you know, like you said, five gigabytes for free terabyte if you're a student. It's just another, you know, think of it as that that USB drive that you've got in the back of your drawer. It's just there if you ever need it yeah. one day. Then
0: Exactly. Just- and one thing I'd say to people out there who, you know, were just getting on board with cloud storage want, want to understand it a bit more is just get an account with everyone that's out there. Like, just get a free account because you don't know where you're going to be using it and how they'll be, you know, used as, you know, in your daily life kind of thing. So, you know, that's how my OneDrive works, and my working in documents through Word, in Outlook, in my Office suite, and then, you know, Dropbox for my work uh, scenarios, and then Amazon Cloud photographs, family photographs, personal photographs, things like that, with that. And Google Drive, that's the next one we're moving on to. Um, you know, Google gives you 15 gigabyte free, and I think that's a, that's a really good uh, introduction there for, you know, get onto the cloud.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um one thing to be aware of with Google Drive though is that any attachments that you've got in your Gmail, they count towards your drive storage as well. So if you're the sort of person who holds onto emails forever, yeah. If you're getting if you're getting big files sent to you um often, then um that will eat into your storage. But otherwise fifteen gig is pretty good.
0: It is. It's, it's massive, and you know, the Google Drive um, Google Drive works really well on Android phones, uh, you know, as it should and as expected to work.
1: Yeah, and, and I think any um any documents or anything that you create in Google Docs or Google Sheets mm. or any of the Google yeah. apps, I think they don't count towards your storage. Okay. Even though you know, if one when you sync the Google Drive folder, um, those those documents do show up as a physical file on your on your yeah. laptop. Um, they just don't count towards your storage, I count. think. That's interesting. It doesn't seem like anyway. And if they do, they're so small you could probably have thousands of Google Docs before you have any sort of dent in your storage.
0: Yeah, but that's um, I use that again for personal stuff. So any photos on my phone that I take, well, you been know, on a holiday, out and about, anything, they get synced straight away to my uh, Google Drive folder. I've got um, a number of clients actually who share their photography content, website-related stuff. Using Google Drive as well, so they'll create a folder, and then they'll invite me to that folder, and they'll share everything on there. So the fact that these guys can actually use it without any kind of issues is, you know, that's that's pretty cool as well. So I like the fact that it's very very easy to use, and um, yeah, it's just uh, is a good solution up there. Um, Probably my favorite, I think, um, out of a lot. Um, Then we've got the next one, iCloud, which we've touched on. Um, You know, I don't know much about it. Maybe you want to give me a breakdown on that.
1: Yeah, so, like like we mentioned earlier, iCloud, you know, if you've got an Apple ID, you um, you get five gigabytes of iCloud iCloud storage for free. Um, And that gets used for uh, backing up photos or, you know, backing up your whole phone even. Um, You can use it for storing your contacts, any documents within apps. So if you're using, like, Keynote or Pages, um, any documents you create, they can get stored in there. Um, And any... um, yeah, any apps that you have on your phone, if they are, if they have any local storage, so maybe something like uh, if you have got WhatsApp on your phone, and someone's you know you've got a a group a group chat going, which has got lots of files being shared and so on, all that data uh, can be backed up to iCloud. So um, you know, it can it can get eaten up fairly quickly, and like we said earlier, you know, five gigabytes generally not enough for most people. Um, for any sort of power users of their phone and especially if you've got a phone a uh an ipad uh, and, and a mac as well uh, all on the same account um it'll get eaten up pretty quickly but it's not expensive it's like 50 gigabyte is uh 79 pence a month or 99 cents so it's cheap for 50 gig yeah that, yeah that's that's pretty good
0: cool actually um but yeah no i'm i hardly ever use it so for me it's just not. It's just not It's not there. It's kind of working in the background. Um, and then the next one, we've got Box, which you guys use, right?
1: Yeah, so like I said, I've got my personal account, my Box account, which is 50 gig. Um, I use it as an archive, but we use it at work. So we've got an enterprise account at work, um, part of the IBM enterprise. And um, we use that for everything. We use it for everyone has their own little personal folder within Box, but then all the company-wide um, IBM stuff is all in there as well so yeah i don't even want to know how much storage we're using in box but company-wide we must be using hundreds of terabytes i would say wow yeah well it's ibm though isn't it so you can imagine yeah not
0: yeah exactly the, the thing i remember back in there when i was working with an agency we we had a um, like a local nas drive and uh, this thing was this was huge <laughs> this was this you know you see nas drives like you know tiny little one this thing was actually huge massive it was like a like a wardrobe kind of thing and there might have been a server in there as well but that's how everything was um stored so that kind of like worked at the cloud so the team would be working on their uh you know projects and stuff and it all be kind of synced up to that and yeah and you need get access to that at the same time kind of thing so that that was kind of that solution back in the day before the, the whole cloud thing came about but um yeah but you know in 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 that sort of environment you're gonna need that kind of
1: kit, yeah, and I think that's where box really shines, like I said earlier, you know I think they are the they are aimed more towards enterprise solutions um yeah, whereas like iCloud and Dropbox and you know Google Drive you can see that they're they are trying to appeal to you know end users in the mass mass market mm. that's why you don't mm. really see box advertising anyway, you know they don't they haven't got a massive social presence or they don't really. They're not really on the tip of anyone's tongue, but in the enterprise world, obviously they're, they're handling big amounts of data but, You know, with clients like IBM, they're behind them, then they're obviously doing something right. Um, I think the enterprise cloud storage is a completely different market as well. You know, There's a lot of services which are purely for enterprise. So um, we, we use this other service at work as well called Code42, which is the right. enterprise version of CrashPlan. Um, CrashPlan is another like uh, a whole computer backup service. Right. So whereas things like Dropbox and Google Drive, they they synchronize one folder generally. Um, CrashPlan, they um, they back up your whole computer um, and create like a disk image, so you can recover the whole thing if you need to, or basically delete the whole thing if you need to. Um, and uh, Code Forty Two is their enterprise solution for for oh, like kind of quick look at that. Yeah, yeah, it's like if you've got two hundred or more employees. Then it's uh, mm. code forty two, which is good. It just sits in your menu bar and it just you know churns away and creates a backup of your whole computer anytime anything has changed. The only problem with that is that um, every now and then it really takes over your CPU. Right. Yeah, it, it just the fans go crazy and uh, everything grinds to a halt. Most of the time, it's fairly in, unintrusive, and it just you know does these small changes in the background. But I yeah. would say about once every two weeks, it just really churns away. Right, okay. Well, that's um, Yeah, that's that's going to be for your enterprise or level, right? There's
0: one that I came across um, recently, because I'm, I'm looking for a different kind of, sort of solution for backups anyway. I came across Backblaze. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it.
1: Yeah, um, I've heard of Backblaze. Yeah, very similar to, to um, CrashPlan as well, where they back up your whole computer.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of solution I'm looking at. And... You know, they, they provide personal backup, business backup, and B2 cloud storage is uh, their cloud sort of solution that they have. Um, so I'll be looking at that, and I am I think I'm going to, you know, they've got a free trial going on. I think I'm going to have a go um, with their solution to see how that works. But all so far, all the reviews have been, you know, top-notch, and everyone sort of recommended it.
1: Yeah, I've and- heard good things about BlackBase, because they're fairly cheap as well, and it's like $5. Do they charge only in dollars, $5 per computer or something? Mm. Uh, and that's like unlimited backups. And then uh, yeah. I think they just charge you if you want to recover that data, then they charge you based on uh, how much you want to recover. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's mm, exactly. it's decent. So, yeah, I'm having a look into that, so let's see how that goes. So I think we've kind of touched on um, the usage of these um, storage solutions. Like For me, pers- for personal use, you know, I'm finding I'm using um, Google Drive, Amazon, uh, Cloud Drive um, and iCloud without even realizing that it's actually doing anything. But they're they're mainly there for personal use. And then my work related stuff is mainly on Dropbox, uh, OneDrive, and uh, Google Drive as well. So a bit of both there. Um, I, I guess it's all kind of. Um, see, I just mentioned Google and they set my phone off. <laughs> um, yeah, there's um, you know various different uses for these things, and I think some of them are a bit more suited towards you know work related kind of activities than, than than the others. Like you know iCloud, you know I wouldn't suggest that for you know Teams and things like that. Um,
1: no, I don't. I don't even think they've got the concept of uh, any sort of enterprise iCloud. I think iCloud is purely personal. You can do family it accounts. Is purely
0: personal yeah you can create family accounts yeah
1: yeah so you can share it within your family members but i I don't believe they've got any sort of enterprise solution
0: yeah and I think for me Dropbox is like the the ideal sort of work sort of uh, you know solution uh, at the moment, and within the recent updates that they've that they've released, you can you know make notes against files and you can have conversations within the dropbox um browser if you like in your browser um on their website once you log in you can um Leave comments on files. Your clients can leave, you know, feedback on any kind of you know work you've uploaded to the to the folder. So you know, I find that a real a real benefit, um, especially when you know you need some kind of communication uh, with with your client, um, or with, let's just say you're working with a team. Um, just some quick notes, quick easy sort of you know um, updates on any kind of work you've been you've been doing in a shared folder. Um, that's a nice little feature to have. Uh, you know, in Dropbox. And I think Google
1: have released that as well. So Google have got some kind of yeah Drive. I think. Google Drive has had commenting for a while uh, where you mm. can comment on files or folders. Uh, I think Drop, Dropbox have taken it to a, an extra step where you can uh, add, you know, you can add, like, notes to a, like, a description to a folder and, um, and you can assign tasks to people and stuff like that. So it's good. I mean, if your whole team is on there, then uh, yeah, it would be a good service to use. Um, but one, one thing that Dropbox did is they they pushed that feature onto everybody. And I think for most people, like, you know, people like me who are just using Dropbox for their personal files, got real no use for that those features, because I don't need to leave comments on my files, because uh, there's no one else to read them. Um, exactly,
0: for me it's is different. Like I, I've got a number of clients who use Dropbox to share images with me, or I'm sharing design work with them. Yeah, yeah. And rather than firing emails back and forth, you know, they'll just leave a a comment straight away on the file, and then I know you know what's going on, and we can have a little conversation in there. It's just all in one place as well. You don't have to jump around between different, you know. Um, software applications.
1: Yeah, it's good. I mean, that's what they're all trying to do now. They're trying to create, mm. you know, these um, sharing services are trying to be your your go-to place now where they're not just a, a folder that syncs anymore. They're, they're a whole suite of apps as well related to them. And they're trying to just keep you into their ecosystem. So, yeah, if you do pick one um, and go all in, uh, you may get a little bit stuck, but... Um, I think, like we said earlier, it's, it's good to just create an account on all of them and um, see which one fits your workflow the best and your style yeah. of working because yeah. they, they all offer something slightly different. But if you just want literally a folder which syncs to the cloud uh, and across all your computers, then I would put my money in Dropbox. Um, I think it's uh, it's definitely the most robust solution um, and it's got a proven track record. Just, um, just turn off there. Their new desktop app if you can because uh, it's just pointless
0: well there you heard it here guys That's uh, not the number one tip from aj dropbox and just yeah just turn off the app and yeah you put yourself a, a really good solution there uh
1: yeah so that's pretty much everything we've got for cloud storage um like we said just try out all of them see what works for you and uh, just make sure that you've definitely got something in place because it's gonna it's gonna save you one day um it's much better don't just rely on physical storage If you've got anything important to store. So before we go, have you got any recommendations for anything this week?
0: Um, So yeah, I've been on Netflix quite a bit this week. And there's two main shows that I've been watching. So number one, everyone's talking about it, Top Boy. And I, I kind of made a mistake. I started watching it on Netflix, not realizing I was watching the new season where I haven't even watched the old one, the original one. Okay. So I kind of I got four episodes in and then found out afterwards that I should be watching Top Boy Summer House. So they're actually both on Netflix. So start with Top Boy Summer House and then watch the new one. Brilliant show. Absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, uh, everyone's talking about it. I think it's number one on the Netflix UK's uh, watch list at the moment. So yeah, highly recommend that one. And the other one that I've started watching is Unbelievable. Um, it, it's brilliant. Uh, it's another crime one. And it's about a girl who's um, assaulted. And the thing is, nobody believes her. And yeah, it kind of goes on from there. I don't want to give away too much about it, but it's brilliant. So yeah, unbelievable and top boy, my two recommendations.
1: I've just added them both to my list. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend a YouTube channel. Um, it's The YouTube channel is called Corridor Crew. It's, uh, it's by these uh, VFX artists. Um, The company's called uh, Corridor, I think they just call Corridor and they've got a couple of YouTube channels. Um, One's called Corridor Crew, uh, which is like a behind the scenes about what the actual crew get up to. Corridor is their main channel where they're showcasing the actual work. Uh, But this one, Corridor Crew, they basically, a couple of the guys, two or three of the guys, they sit down on a couch and they sort of pick apart VFX from various films. Um, you know they show their own films as well that they've worked on they've worked on a lot of marvel films and stuff like that and um they basically show the process of how some of the visual effects is done in some of these films and then every now and then they'll invite other vfx artists to come come along to their show and they'll they'll talk about their process and they'll they'll compare like good cgi and bad cgi and stuff like that um, right. Another cool thing they do is they invite stuntmen onto their show as well, or stunt people, shall Ooh. I say. Um, and uh, they'll look at like action sequences and um, they'll get this stunt person to describe how that sequence was done. Right. One of the really cool ones I saw recently was um, about Mission Impossible Fallout. And there's a scene in there where Tom Cruise and uh, Henry Cavill, they're, they're fighting in a, a nightclub's bathroom. And uh, yeah. it looks like a really aggressive, you know, violent fight where people are being thrown against, the, you know, the urinals and yeah. the sinks and bashing through walls and stuff like that. And uh, right. they basically just slowed down the footage and they explained how that whole room, although it looks like a, an, you know, a bathroom uh, in a nightclub, it's all actually a padded, yeah. completely padded room made out of foam. Oh wow uh it's so like a dense foam so they were running around on it and right. this floor is all completely soft and uh there was this one particular <laughs> one particular scene where Tom Cruise uh falls down onto his knees onto yeah. uh onto these like tiles um a tiled sort of uh, shelf and uh when they yeah. slow it down you can see that those tiles bending where his knee is like oh, depressing man. into it um so it's really <laughs> impressive and you know they talk about uh how they practice these action sequences and how the CGI um, plays a part in making these sequences come to life. So yeah, really cool. Um, So that's Corridor Crew. I'll definitely check that one out. All right, cool. So thanks for listening. Um, If you liked what you heard, then consider subscribing in your podcast player. And um, it'd be great if you could leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. Um, You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at InspectFM. And you can check out the show notes from this episode on the website, inspect.fm, which has an archive of all the shows and uh, also details on how you can subscribe in all the various services. And uh, on that note, we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's you then. Bye.